Hello, friends and brothers. This is Justin Jones with the Masonic Improvement Podcast, YouTube channel. You name it, we're there. I'm joined with my co-host, Brother Dennis Yates. What's up, Dennis? The broadcast the for Masonic broadcast. Improvement. <laughs> the broadcast for your Masonic education, infiltration, manipulation. Procrastination. Procrastination. Agitation. Agitation. Insubordination. Insubordination, <laughs> but not, but not segregation. True that. We're all in. We're all in. True that. That was so bad. We just lost about half of our, <laughs> our half of our five listeners stopped listening because of that intro. <laughs> They're feeling that agitation. I'm all the consternation. Yes. Oh okay. my gosh. And the frustration. <laughs> the frustration of no sublimation. Oh. What okay. a temptation. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, hello, so, friends and brothers, for uh, for listening to us even after that. And uh, you know that's if, it's if you stuck with us, then you passed the test. I know it. <laughs> You're in. You're in. It's going to be good. It's going to be good. So we're we're going to talk about bylaws tonight. Uh, there's been some Ooh. recent changes uh, with some resolutions at Grand Lodge in January. And really, we need to talk more probably about rules and regulations. But I think it's good just to go ahead and talk about bylaws at the same time. Why not? Um, since you're going to look at your rules and regulations or maybe create them in some cases, why not go ahead and look at your bylaws while you're at it? Two birds with one stone, right? So, uh, Dennis, I know you've been uh, studying up on the whole bylaw and rule regulation situation and all that. So uh, I'll let you just take charge, man. Well, it's um, it's it's a pretty easy concept to once you, you know, hear it out in layman's terms. If you read it on in the law book, of course, everything is is so uh, colluded or maybe not colluded, but so inundated with so many different terms for for law that the normal joe just isn't going to pay attention to and they're going to get bored with it and just walk away because there's too much crap around all the there's too much fluff around the the actual intent of the law and not to talk ill of of fluff because we love brother fluff and we would never say anything otherwise talking about the bad kind of fluff yes the bad kind of fluff not the good fluff so um real short and sweet we all have bylaws in our organization we we have to because we are a part of the corporation of the grand lodge of texas the the grand lodge of texas has the corporate charter and they also hold the um the 501c3 which is the actual uh charitable organization that that we attach to we have a 501c10 which is the um which is like the leech of the 501c3 we're more of just a fraternity that does charitable things so we're not really the charitable corporation we're just the the attached um for a 501c10 is that what you're saying the lodge is being a subordinate lodge we are a 501c10 and that's because we attach to the 501c3 and we are a fraternal organization gotcha. so with that with any kind of uh, an organization like that that's registered with the with the federal government or the state um you have to have bylaws and that's the whole reason i even started all that hoopla was just to get to the point you gotta have bylaws <laughs> But that's why I wanted to say that, because a lot of people don't even realize why they have to have bylaws. They just know, you know, it's kind of like um, my my wife is part of a, a, a gardening club, right? Mm -hmm. And they have bylaws. It's not as stringent as ours because they're not an actual um, governed entity. They're, they're not a corporation. They don't have 
a charter of 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 that nature to to be yanked by the government. So it's not well, as important. Even a lot of school organizations have bylaws. Uh, NJHS, the honor societies, they they have bylaws, or they're supposed to. Uh, Student right. council is supposed to supposed to have bylaws. The one I used to run had bylaws. And even though it's not really, like you say, it's not like a government organization or anything like that, it still kind of covers your tail. Because if your bylaws well, say, like, here's the criteria for, for membership, and like these are the these are the these are the things you get kicked out for. These are the things you can't be an officer for. Um, yes, kind of saves your hide because then whenever a kid does something they shouldn't, and they are no longer in NHS or or honor society or what you'll call it. I'm in a middle school, so I'll call it NHS or uh, like student council, and the parents call angry. Well, it's in your bylaws. And right, your tail your tail's covered, and they should have had a copy of that. So. Right. Well, and that's and that's a you make a very good point right there, right? Because okay. <laughs> number one, first very good point you made is that they are your governing documents for your organization, no matter what kind of organization it is. The bylaws are the governing rules, and and well, they're the governing documents, the laws that that govern your entity right good point number one the um the other thing the other point that you made was everyone that's a member subscribing member must be made available a copy of the bylaws they must be given a copy of the bylaws that's why you are supposed to have them when you become a master mason mm -hmm. you should get a copy of your lodge's bylaws as soon as you're made a master mason. Now, they may just say, okay, go to the site, download them, upload them, whatever. But, you know, that's it has also to be made available in some way. Yes. Now, with that being said, we also have standard operating procedures now or rules and regulations for our bylaws. And a lot of lodges are not uploading those into the Grandview system with their bylaws. So they're uploading the bylaws, the basic form, which we'll get to here in a little bit. Mm -hmm. But they're not uploading the rules and regulations that go with that form. And I have a question. Go ahead. So I'm not a secretary, right? So the secretary, I assume, or whoever, they upload those bylaws to the Grandview system. Are they accessible to all members of that lodge to the Grandview system, or is it just there for... Yes. Oh, they are? Yes. Okay. Is there a separate location for, like, your standard operating procedures? Where is it, like, a separate no. upload? So you just... There you just is not. All the they files should... Right. So the, the way that they're done is they're scanned in and then uploaded. Let's see. So... It, because they have to show signature, they have to show all that stuff that makes them valid bylaws, right? Gotcha. So, so it has all the stuff filled in, and then they scan that document and upload it with the for their bylaws. So technically, what they should be doing is scanning the form, and then also scanning in the uh, rules and regulations to go with it as well and we'll talk about that here in just a second um well i guess we can segue into it now since we unless you want to touch into something else uh i just wanted to say that you could also and i've done this on so this that's how i know you could do it is that you can upload um the same files to the accepted and you'll have yes. and everybody can access it that way yes Yes, you can, but you have to have a member that's a member of the accepted that that has the files to be able to upload them. But again, it's only going to be as complete as the user. So if your secretary doesn't submit everything, you're not going to get everything, which mm -hmm. really doesn't make any sense because you're doing this for accessibility for your your members. It's not for anybody else. It's for your members. And so if you fail to do one of the most basic things you're scanning it in anyways why not just scan it in complete yeah scan it in 
and make them complete, not scan it incomplete. <laughs> You're, they're scanning it incomplete already. <laughs> so with that being said, I have a copy of my original bylaws for my lodge, but we have gone to the new Form 23. And for those of you who don't, do not know what the Form 23 is, a few years back, we voted at Grand Lodge to make the process easier to change your, your bylaws. And the reason why is because right now you have to um, basically you when you form a committee to change your bylaws and that committee comes back with recommendations. And then those recommendations have to be read in Lodge. And then they have to hold over for an entire month, an entire cycle, until the next uh, stated meeting. It's, it's a lunar cycle. Mm -hmm. um, so it, it needs to hold over for a month till the, the next stated meeting, not the, the second one in the same month, but the next main stated meeting, right? the one that you submit in. So, mm -hmm. so it needs to go over, hold over a month, and then the next month you can vote on it. And so then you got to read it all again, or you should if you're, if you're really doing the right thing. Um, because if somebody wasn't there and they object to one of whatever it is, they should have their opportunity to vote just because they weren't there doesn't you know unless they're one of those guys that you know you bring in you, you shuffle in just to stack the vote but well that's a different episode but so currently with the bylaws if, it, if you're voting on bylaws you have to wait it hold over a full month and then um and then do the do the vote and then you have to submit it in to grand lodge for approval of those bylaws so if you want to just to be sure I'm, I'm clear if i want to change the bylaws you you make a motion to change and then a letter has to go out and it's discussion the next month and then the month after that would be when you vote is that not correct or is that no letter doesn't have to go out the the um Oh, well, yes, yes, it does. Yes, it does. But the normally you, you form a committee to decide on what bylaws needs need to be changed. Mm -hmm. And then, yeah, then then it you. You don't necessarily have to do the motion that month, that next month, gotcha. you send the, the so you do the committee when they are when they're done, when they're completed. Then you send out the letter, you read it out in Lodge, send out the letter stating that you're going to vote on it the next month, and then the next month you come back and you vote on it. But it's already been read in Lodge. You don't have to reread it, but the, it's best practice to, to go ahead and reread it again before you vote on it. But you do have that month period in between. So let's, let's do an example. Let's say I have a Lodge that meets at... 7.30, and I want to meet at 6 so we can get the meeting done early and have dinner after, right? So we want to change the time from 7.30 to 6. So the worship, so say it's say it's January, like it is right now. The worship master forms a committee. And then, well, I mean, well, I don't know, you need a committee. But so the worship master forms a committee. It's red the second month and discussed and a letter sent out and then you vote the third month pretty much yes okay gotcha normally normally the reason why you do a committee is because you don't just change bylaws over one thing you that's when you when you form a committee because you want to look at all your bylaws and see what's current and what's relative because you are it's such a big change and because it requires Grand Lodge approval. And the reason why it requires Grand Lodge approval 
for just your bylaws if you have never gone to the Form 23 is because if you look at it, the bylaws are a legal and binding document, and it's written out in form. And so it needs to go to Grand Lodge and make sure that it's in proper form to be able to uh, be upheld. It's not necessarily that they're going to decide if you can or cannot meet on a Wednesday. The reason they're doing it is checking for proper form if you're still using the old bylaws per se. But they went to the Form 23, so that's a good segue, right? Yeah. They went to the Form 23, which is a pre-filled out form of bylaws to where you just fill in the blanks on the date and time and stuff like that. And all the basics on on how your lodge is going to run and then you submit that form 23 because everything is already written out and already pre preset by grand lodge to begin with except for these basic things that they could care less about that doesn't matter to them whether they open their doors or not it just get it just goes through so mm -hmm. once you fill out the form 23, you no longer have those bylaws from 1854, right? Or 1852 in, in my case. So those bylaws are now gone. All those formal documents are now replaced with this form 23. And, and all you have to do to do that form 23 is send it in one time. So... And so that definitely requires a committee because you want your committee to look at your bylaws and make sure that everything can be handled in that form 23. Because the form 23 is what you do, right? Mm -hmm. And you already know this. The, the form 23 is what you do. The rules and regulations or the standard operating procedures, whatever you want to call them this month, that's how you do it. So you have to make sure that your current bylaws are in tune with, in alignment with the Form 23, and then you have to create the rules and regulations or standard operating procedures that extend beyond what the Form 23 provides. What are some examples of some things that you would put in the, in the standard operating procedures? I know, I know you said that's not what's in the Form 23, but... For those that might be curious, like what what examples could you give offhand if, if people are just looking like, okay, I understand it. It's it's what's not included into 23, but what exactly are some good things that other lodges have done? Well, um, well, different things like education nights and things like that. If you're going to, if you want to put that, that this is something your lodge does. This is part of the identity of your lodge is we are going to have an education night every night on this night every month or every Thursday of this week every month. We're going to have an education night or like it would benefit our lodge to put in our standard operating procedures that we have a floor school every Wednesday unless but we would have to put a clause in there like unless um unless hardship you know occurs or whatever in case in case everybody gets sick and can't show up or unless we have a lot a, um a uh, a degree or something that we're doing that night in lieu of you know you would want to have some kind of verbiage in there but that that could be something you could have in your sops right mm -hmm. now Another more recent um, item that would need to be in there, which we discussed at dinner tonight after floor school, um, we were talking about the new resolution nine with alcohol in the lodge. And one of the brothers was under the, the impression that um, not doing anything would just allow for um, it would basically I can't, I can't remember if he said it would automatically be for or automatically be against but that's not the case it doesn't matter which way your lodge wants to do it there has to be something one way or another 
in your standard operating procedures. You have to take a stand on that new law, that newly amended law uh, for Resolution 9 so that, so that your lodge has its, its governing documents on how it's going to handle this situation. Mm-hmm. Otherwise, your insurance company could say, well, you didn't do anything, so this lodge, this lodge, and this lodge serves alcohol. So we're going to charge you insurance based on your decisions to serve alcohol, even though you didn't decide to serve alcohol, right? I see. So, you know, and there is, depending on how you plan on doing it, there could be uh, an increase in, in insurance coverage, though I, I doubt it'll be a, a ton, but I'm not an insurance agent, so I don't want to say what that'll be. All we know is that there's no actual liability towards the lodge for anything that occurs um, based on current laws today in Texas and other in the in the nation. There's no liability to the lodges, but um, that would be something that you would want to have in your bylaws to make sure that other entities are well aware of your stance in it. That would that would be good for if you're planning on renting out your properties. Yeah, you know, and and standard standard you know form on what you're going to do in renting properties. And if you're going to have a a standard lease, then you would mention in there that you would use promulgated lease blah 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 for renting out properties, and that way it's part of your rules and regulations. Because your insurance company will definitely want to know if you're doing quinceañeras and stuff like that in your in your lodge. I found an old copy of one of my old lodges. Uh, we called them guidelines at the time, but uh, I, I emailed that to you. I think it was back from like 2011 or something like that. It's like super old, but uh, <laughs> it's kind of it's kind of interesting to to. To look back, because I was actually the one that, this is before I knew you or anything, I found a, uh, a lodge, I think it was like a, like a TO lodge in, in Colorado or something. It's like, oh, that, that looks great to have something like that. And we, I mean, we voted and passed it in the lodge and everything. But uh, looking back, I was like, I don't think anyone knows about this anymore. <laughs> like, ah, we're, not, we're not doing that. That's That's not how that's working right now. So I right. sent it to you just for just for kicks. Interesting. I'm gonna have to look at that. I didn't realize that you sent that to me. I just did. But, like while you were, while, I was like, you were talking. I was like, didn't I have some old guidelines for for my old lodge? And so I was looking through my email real quick and found them. So that's that's another very valid um, point right there. That of why you need to have a committee regularly meet. Um, at least every couple of years, if not once a year, to uh, determine if your bylaws are are in line with with the culture of your lodge, mm-hmm. because you know it changes from year to year. So if you uh, if a if a master comes in and wants a bunch of stuff changed, he has to do it through the bylaws and it has to be voted on by the lodge. So that's uh, a lot of people don't realize that. They think that the master has all all sorts of ultimate authority and power over the lodge, but he only has ultimate authority and power over what those what those bylaws, rules, and regulations allow him to have ultimate authority and power over. Yeah, and and that's I guess that's also a good reason, and can be a bad reason why our law book is so so huge. Because it's like, well, we don't want people to have a deciding choice every year on on this matter, this matter, this matter, and this matter. I don't want my 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 worshipful master to to have this gray area that they can play around with and just make things happen in the lodge because they have ultimate authority over all these matters mm-hmm. as long as it's not in the rules and regulations, right? 
So you can go too far with it also because we've seen it in our Texas law books. Yeah. Yeah, as, as I was looking over that as you were talking like earlier before I sent it to you, I was like, yeah, that's way longer than I think it needs to be. So I I, I agree wholeheartedly because if it's too long, you kind of uh, you kind of regulate yourself into a corner. Or it's, it's yeah. possible you're tying your hands. Yeah. yeah, you're tying your own hands. And do you really want to do that? So that's why it's important to have a good committee that's you know that's. Um, unbiased and and willing to take a, a a good hard close look at it and, and see if, if it really aligns with the uh culture of the lodge mm -hmm. to to make those they those kind of suggestions to the lodge to vote on now once we once we move into the era of form 23 let's say your lodge um has always done bylaws Mm -hmm. or, or always had their formal bylaws in 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 uh in a formal uh status they want to go to the new setup with the form 23 well all they have to do the change to do that is to send it in fill yeah. it out you vote vote on it do your two-month process or three-month process if you have a, a committee working on things but do that process and then just mail it in and it's going to automatically get approved because you're just filling in the blanks that are there. And, and the same thing goes later on. If you want to change something on that form 23, you still have to do the, the two month process because it is a change to the bylaws. But when you send it in, there's no checking anything by grand lodge. They just, they just approve it and it's, or it's already basically approved and, and it's just updating their records. See now on your rules and, and regulations on your standard operating procedures, one in the same, if y'all weren't paying attention earlier, um, there's different names for those things. So, you know, y'all could call it anything in your own lodge. What did your old one, what were your old uh, ones called? Old ones said guidelines. But yeah, I'll also refer to them as rules and regulations, and you you like SOPs, standard operating procedures. But yeah, don't be an SOB. Use your SOP. <laughs> I was waiting all night for that. We are bad tonight. So, <laughs> so the the rules and regulations. Now that's a different story. Now those because they are the how and not the what you do. The what is is what the uh, government wants to know the uh the state you know state and federal government wants to know the what now how you do that isn't so much of a big deal the how is is more of you know like we said how we want to rent out our building how we want to if we want to ensure that we have certain committees every year put that in there Say you want a formal audit every year and not just the Form 71 filled out, then you want an audit committee of, of so many members that are going to um, take a detailed look of, of your fi lodge finances to determine the financial viability of your lodge. That would be in your standard operating procedures. Those are important things to have in there if that's important to your lodge. So... Now, with those things, those are the hows, right? You know, that, that audit is not necessary by Grand Lodge. They just want you to do the Form 71, which is supposed to be an audit, but they don't tell you how to do that audit, now do they? They just give you a sheet, and your treasurer, being the good steward he is, he's just going to fill it out for you, and then three people are going to sign it and give it to the worshipful master and, and act like they did a big job, right? <laughs> I did a big important job. So <laughs> am I wrong? No. Tell me I'm lying. Tell me I'm lying. Not about that. So, <laughs> not yet anyway. <laughs> so so the standard operating procedures are gonna be your how you do your what you're gonna do. So that only requires a single vote. That's something that can be brought up the the in a, in a month's time so but normally of course just like with 
bylaws. I want to put this in there because it's important to me that that people be responsible with their with their uh, SOPs. Um, set up a committee, have them look at them and do it right. And then that way, when they do come to you and they say, okay, we've read it all, we're ready to present, then they can present, you can vote on it right then, and it never goes anywhere. It stays right there in the lodge. So th at that point, you just print it out, send it to all your members, and you're done, son. <laughs> now, what I would recommend, because I was thinking about it while I was talking, is that you have it in your, you upload it to your bylaws um, in your Grandview, in your section of Grandview. That way you don't have to send any postage to anyone. You can email everyone that's in your Grandview and, mm -hmm. and tell them the bylaws and new rules and regulations are available by going to this link on our lodge web page in well, the if you if you have their email it doesn't cost anything to attach it to the email either well so right you can do so that and then attach it to the email upload it to to the grand view put it in the accepted under your lodge group you you covered your bases three times that way right yes and and that's the beauty of digital guys if, if your lodge is not digital in this way you need to step it up. You know that 57% is all we have in Grandview right now? Emails? Yes. Only 57% of 57,000 members have their email in Grandview. Well, that's just bullshit. So I think that was a really good breakdown. And I think if, uh, like we said in other episodes, this is this is the great time to look at everything. Um, might as well because of Prop Nine or Resolution Nine. So if yeah. you, if you're because you have to, you need to. Yeah. yeah. If you want to allow it in your lodge, you need to either add it to your your SOPs or create some SOPs so you have it and then add it. While you're at it, check out your bylaws. Update your bylaws yeah. too. And um, even if you only wanted to partially have it in your lodge, let's say to allow um, certain people to allow renters to have alcohol in the within the lodge building and facilities, even if that's all you want to do, then yeah, just do that. You don't it, it doesn't have to be an all or nothing situation. That's the beauty of 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 this resolution. It doesn't tell anybody they have to be all in or nothing. You get to decide with your lodge how you want to run it, depending well, on the culture of your you, lodge. If you want other organizations or, or like to rent out your lodge, right? Maybe you as a Sonic Lodge don't want your brothers to drink at the lodge. But yeah. if you want to have say, hey, we have a nice building. Let's let people rent it out. Come on, Rotary. If you want them to be able to drink, like, like yeah. Then, then you can put that in your your rules of regulations. Is there anything that you would not want in your bylaws? Triggers anything for me? I personally, I would recommend against putting your dues in your bylaws. Well, but actually, so, that's that's taken out with the form twenty three. It goes into yeah, the rules and regulations. But, but a lot of lodges still have it, and a lot of lodges like to have it because they they they're afraid if it's not in your bylaws then you could just show up one day for a meeting and vote to double your dues while there's like four people there for a stated meeting or something. But right. like you're saying with the rules and regulations, I don't see why you can't say, um, because, because it's such a pain, right? With doing it as a bylaws change. But if you don't want to, if you don't want that to be a possibility, you could say there needs to be this many brothers present to vote on dues or right. only once right. every six months or only once per Masonic year, Will we vote in and right. do something like that? You can still kind of say, "Hey, we don't want, we don't want, because because you only got to have three people open a master's lodge. So what if you meet in January and no one wants to show up because you're going to Grand Lodge in two days, but you got enough people there and they vote, hey, we're going to double our dues.' Right. I mean, yeah, there's, that's yeah, fair. That's fair. Yeah, and I I agree. I think that's uh, 
it, and it all goes back to um, the rules and regulations are the how. You know, this is how we want our lodge to run. And so, yeah, you would put something like that in there for sure. That, that's just that's always been big to me because a lot of lodges, I know some lodges that keep them. And it's, it's right. your dues, to be frank, your dues need to be more fluid than they are. And I know people don't like that idea. They like it being set the same thing for like 20 years. But that's one thing right. you need to have that flexibility. And and I, but this is not a dues conversation. But I'm just saying there's some things that if you don't have to have them in your bylaws and if you could plug them into your rules and regulations, do that. Yeah. What if he becomes on a fixed income all of a sudden? Well, you know. <laughs> if only we had options, right? Right. Yeah, but anyway, that's, a, that's if only if only we made enough money in our lodges to where we could help a brother out. Man, that would be awesome. Yeah, woo yeah. pipe dreams. We're <laughs> going too far now. They're getting crazy. Getting crazy. Crazy. <laughs> well, that's good. I don't. I don't have anything else to add. Do you have anything you want to add to this? I mean, I think this has been a great episode. We really don't. I, I think that that pretty much covers it all, and. Uh, and we haven't said anything that'll get anyone into trouble, which is good. We want to keep people out of trouble. Um, though really this year is, is such an awesome year. We've got so many, so much opportunity uh, this year and hope and optimism. And in fact, that's, that's why it's a good time to, to look at your lodge and how you want your culture to be. This is, this is the right time to do that. You know, mm -hmm. you really have a period of, of all these years that we can really uh, define our Freemasonry within our lodges, something we've been afraid to do for so long. And, and the reason I'm saying it like this is because it has been a long time since people were without fear within our own fraternity in Texas. And so... We're in a position well, it now. It feels like a long time. It's only been a year, right? But it feels like a long time. Well, well I, guess, I, I guess even before I that. I say it has. Time. Yeah, I say it's been before that because this was just the, you know, the, the epitome of how much control they really did have or perceive to have mm -hmm. is, is this last year. Because they really uh, got very brazen last year yeah it was bold, but it, when, when you get somebody year, pissed off enough like me that's not hard to do i know right that was a bad example <laughs> but no this is seriously the right time for you to be looking at your at the culture of your lodge and say you know what guys it, we've talked about this we've we've actually you know while we're having our scotch at home or at at the at the bar next door we've talked about this and we would we always said we would love to have a culture in our lodge that was like this we've all had those what if moments with our brothers so this is your what if time this mm -hmm. is it this is your what if moment it's time to to seize the day and and really really shape your freemason love it man is that your final thought no oh. i thought it was rolling into a final thought but i thought no yeah. i can't do that i don't I'm have any final thoughts yet. i mean i think are you kidding me no i mean i said my final thoughts <laughs> i said it earlier this is a great time to do it go ahead and look at your bylaws while you're doing your <laughs> sops or your rules or regulations or guidelines or whatever you want to call them as long as you're is, but I will say this, I'll say this, like I was telling Dennis and I mentioned earlier, this email I found with the guidelines is like for 2011 and it's not happening now. No one, no one probably even knows they're there. So it's just like a bylaws. If nobody, if it's not front and center, if nobody knows they're there, if it's not something that's looked at on a regular basis and, and changed to reflect the lodge, then I mean, frankly, that email is irrelevant. That that thing I sent you, it's irrelevant to my lodge. They don't they don't act like that. That's not that lodge. That's not. Uh, it, it was when I was younger. 
and more idealistic. And I wanted to shape the lodge through my guidelines, right? But that's not the way it should work. It should be the other way around. It's okay to have a template. And I think a lodge can work with that, right? But uh, it's going to need some pretty big cutting and pasting and rewording and, and things like that. So be sure your, your guidelines need to reflect the culture of your lodge. Don't use your guidelines. Don't use your guidelines to, to manhandle the culture of your lodge in the direction that you want it to go. Right? There's a different way to do that, and that's not through your guidelines. Because if it's not relevant, people will just disregard it, unfortunately, even though they're not supposed to. Right, right. And and that's what will get you in trouble. When you disregard your 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 rules and regulations, and, and that's why they really need to be called rules and regulations or standard operating procedures, something something that sounds real and SOP enforceable. is easier to say. If you, if you go no, with standard operating procedure, you can say SOP. Rules and regulations. SOP. <laughs> Maybe it's because I was in the military. He's like, that's against our SOPs. We can't do that. Right. Well, I mean, that's, I've always, yeah, I, we've always had SOPs in our, in our, uh, in our businesses. It's, yeah, it's always been SOPs for me also. Yeah. So here's my takeaway. Let's, let's do this a different way. Dinner with Dennis. Today, today we had dinner after our floor school and, um, very proud of, of my lodge. Once again, we were talking at dinner that we would love to, number one, we're, we're working towards the, the Vanguard this year. Nice. And, and because our culture, the culture of our lodge is actually promoting that already. We're already doing a lot of the things, you know, 95% of the stuff that we do already could be thrown into Vanguard like that. It's, it's like, even with like the officers and stuff going to Grand Lodge and all that, man, we had that and the emphasis points and all that kind of stuff already. Our lodge is just already doing that. So that's one of the things that we were talking about tonight. Another thing we were talking about was, of course, the alcohol. We talked about that for a few minutes. That wasn't the, the heavy part of our conversation. You know, one of the things that we had talked about was getting a, a, a graded degree done with our lodge and and then one of the brothers said well hey let's let's do both the ea and the fellow craft and i said well just focus on one let's make sure we get a good mark on one first next year we can build on that you know mm -hmm. we can always build on what we're what we're doing but the uh the overall culture of our lodge today is so much different from when i joined when i joined this particular lodge um, when I joined this particular lodge, the, the bylaws that were given to me were the bylaws that were written in 1854, I think. <laughs> okay. I mean, most of you guys, most of you guys that remember me in Texas Freemasons originally, um, remember me being the asshole that, that talked so sternly about our dues and how bogus they are and, and the, uh, and the degree fees and all that kind of stuff. And guess why? Guess why that is? It's because my handy little booklet of bylaws from 1854, I looked at those and I looked, oh, well, we're paying more now than what we did then. So how are they figuring this up? So I started looking at inflation. I'm thinking, oh, my gosh, we're at 10% 10, 10 of what it should be. What we're paying 10%. Um, Shake out to out of curiosity, not to derail. Oh, what, what was it supposed to be? Like, well, based off, based off our, what you saw. Our annual dues. Yeah, our annual dues would have been... Uh, would have been like $850 or something like that. Yeah. Yeah. Annual dues would be like $850. How about fish fries? Yeah. Right. Right. <laughs> Man. No more poor widows around here. They'd be rolling in it. But then, but then the degree fees were like 1800 
No joke. Mm-hmm. All three degree fees were like $1,800 just to become a member. So talk about a culture shift. If you're not looking at, at where you are today based on where you come from, you're not doing yourself any justice. You're not doing your lodge any justice. If you don't un- truly understand who your brothers were when they formed your lodge, how in the hell do you have any right to pass on any kind of legacy to your kids? You don't. Because it's a false narrative. What you joined that was established in 1854 is not being upheld in your lodge today. So if it's not being upheld in your lodge today, how can you rightfully pass it on to your kids? How fair is that? How right? How righteous is that legacy? Tell me that. Riddle what me num- that. What number did you say that was? Like 700 a year? Not to derail. Sorry. 850. 850? 850. Yeah. yeah. I'm just looking yeah. real quick. And that's, that's, like, that's like 70 bucks a month, dude. That's not a lot. Right. To me, I mean, frankly, especially with the way you can send auto draft, people pay more than that for their satellite right now. Imagine that yeah. if you have a lodge with dude. people paying $70 a month. People pay 250 bucks a month for their entertainment. For entertainment. And that's just within their own house. So mm-hmm. they don't have to leave their house. That's not even including going out to eat and going and doing the different fun things that they do on the weekends because they're so bored with just sitting and watching TV on, on during the week. Yeah. You know, that's... You I mean, you touched on something... I know it's a it's a rabbit hole and we always we always we always get hooked up on that but yeah it's well we ought to have that conversation soon because we we haven't in a while and it's something that we should as good stewards of our lodges as I was saying you know our legacy depends on it but unless we're really paying attention to where we come from if we want to play this uh you know my masonry comes from the 80s bullshit from from uh from the guys who decided not to raise dues for the last 50 years we can't do that and i realized that they were in a pinch but you see the brothers like this this past grand lodge who all endowed at like 500 dollars in 1985 or whatever by the way right the day it was <laughs> yeah the day it opened up yeah yes and at that time it was more money than today so i'm not gonna fault them because they did it with real vision right to them it was like two thousand dollars well i mean the 80s were on fire so i mean they didn't they didn't realize things would change but they didn't adapt with it not everybody had that coca money so it was (laughs) (laughs) no but but seriously though i mean let's let's keep it all in perspective because they didn't all do that because that was a big chunk of change back then. Mm-hmm. Back then, $500 was like at least $1,200, $1,500 today. At least. I think it was like because 20 it, times the average dues, which is something we talked about before. I think it came right. out to something like that. I think the average dues was like 40 bucks, something like that. Right. I don't remember. It's right. Been I looked at it. Right. That was back in 1983. Right. We're not much higher than that in Goliad still. Oh, really? <laughs> yes. Well, I mean, we're, we're higher. Don't get me wrong, because I raised him when I went became master of our lodge. But yeah. but don't okay. don't kid yourself. There's a lot of lodges out there that never made it past the 80s. I'll tell you what. Let's do this. This Sunday, <laughs> when we go live, we'll talk about dues, okay? Because this is a whole... This is a whole... And we'll just make everybody angry while we're there. <laughs> right? Let all of... Let all of our, our members, you know, yeah. kiss everybody in the world off. We'll let them know. Let them hop on. But, but you know, the, rea- the reality is that, you know, the, we are in changing times. But if we're not really studying where we, where we were to begin with, uh, we will lose a lot of those traditions. 
-hmm. And one of those traditions was stature. Stature in your community. Being able to hold your own, carry your own, and carry your brother's weight if you needed to. Mm -hmm. That's why it was so important to be where they were. So if we're not looking at what our bylaws were back in the 1850s when we're making the decisions on our bylaws today, then how are we really keeping up with the intent of our brothers of the past, right? I'm not saying that we have to do everything the same. I mean, hell, we're looking at going back to drinking alcohol, which was allowed back then in, 18, in the 1850s. Mm-hmm. Maybe we ought to get those bylaws out and see how to write them out the way that they would have wanted to back then. But, but seriously, though, we have to look at the past so that we can look at the future and, and shape that the way that the way that we need to in a responsible manner. If you're going to say that's not the way we've always done it, you can't pick and choose, right? If you don't stand by that, if that was, if you want that to be the hill you die on, that's not the way we always <laughs> done it. Well, then fine. Let's look at those 1850s bylaws and see how. They yeah. Do it don't, then. don't bring me to that conversation. <laughs> I'm going to prove you wrong all day long. And then if I do get stumped, I'm going to call my buddy Robert Marshall to back me up because he knows exactly what they are. And I'm not afraid to bow down and say, you know, I got it wrong. If Robert Marshall says I got it wrong, I'm willing to I'm willing to concede. But don't make me bring out my buddies. Don't make me do it. All right, guys, this was a good episode. Thanks for thanks for coming on and being a guest tonight, Dennis. Appreciate that. Yep. Yep. <laughs> So, yeah, yeah somebody's got to jump in and carry your weight. Mm-hmm. I am that Keep brother. It. I Keep am that brother. Points. I am that brother. <laughs> carry your weight.